All, All right. right. So good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of STK, Surviving the Knicks. Yes, yes. Starring some of our realest Knicks yeah. fans out there. STK. STK, baby. We got my man, Ed Dollars. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we got my man, Coach B. What up? What up? And we have my man, Wall Street Heck. What up? What up? All right. So how you guys feeling? Good what money, good? man. Excited, All right, man. So season's here, or it's not here. The pre I'm Luke. Yo, I'm lukewarm. Yo, just heck is not around. You're the the substitute. So you know, <laughs> I don't know, man. Listen, I'm worried. Yeah. Can I say that? So shout out. So I say this. Shout <laughs> out. Not that kind of part. Just heck. I am your. I am your guest host for today, Clearview Daniel, aka And I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to go. I'm hyped about the season, and uh, we got some questions that we want to get into. And we're gonna check out some of the opinions of the realists. All right, so we're gonna start off with thoughts on the um, first preseason game. What are you guys' thoughts on game one yesterday? The Knicks played last night. Um, I'm gonna start with Coach B. What are your thoughts on the first game last night? The game was overall a solid, solid start. You know, we kind of um we beat up on a team that was trying to figure things out. You know, with a Kind of new coach, so you know, um, it went well. The first five came out strong. I think it was like twelve to six at some point in the first quarter, and then uh, we opened it up to twenty and even almost thirty. So I'm excited for that. Third quarter, you know, got a little um sloppy as far as the first unit playing against the um pace the second unit, but um, I like what I saw out of Evan Fournier. I like what Kimba gave us. You know, Julius Randle. Still took some questionable shots, but uh, it was limited to like two or three instead of like six or seven. So that was great. And the offense seemed a lot more free flowing, you know, when you got guys that can attack the basket like Kimba and Evan, you know, not just waiting on like a Derrick Rose or Julius Randle to attack it every time off of um, the handoffs. So that was cool. Okay. Okay. Um, Ed Dallas, what's your thoughts? Yo, I loved it, man. Yo. <laughs> Coach B, you got to get a little bit more excited for the first preseason game of the of the season, and our first look of the of the new point guard Kemba Walker. Um, you know, last week we talked about what we what our expectations were. You know, my expectation was number one how Kemba looked. Kemba looked great, and Kemba and Derrick Rose. You know, we we're going from Alfred Payton and Derrick Rose to Kemba and, and Derrick Rose, and they just seemed happy out there. Number two, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and you know, before I go to number two, like Kemba looked great. His, I didn't see any problems with his knees. He looked kind of spry. He got whatever he wanted. He went to the rack whenever he wanted. He had to step back. He played well. You know, he wasn't like diming it, but he, you know, he controlled the pace. I love the fact that we have number two playmakers, Evan Fournier, uh, Julius Randle, Kemba Walker, RJ, now we got multiple ball handlers. And you know what? There's a the offense looked kind of easy. They scored, they scored uh, 125 points yesterday, and they were up by like you know 20 points at one, one point in time. Back to Coach B's uh analysis. Yes, there were times where the starting unit was playing like the third stringers on the Pacers, but that said, you know, last year it would take we we would play too much ISO, 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 Julius, Julius, Julius. 
Now the ball's free-flowing, a lot of passing, you know, a lot of shot makers. Fournier was going to the rim. He was backing up. RJ, uh, <laughs> I loved it, man. And number, number three, pace. You know, the, the second unit, the bench unit, was the change of pace fast. They were playing super fast. Um, Obi playing at a different speed. You know, I loved it. You know, his handle got a little better, a little tighter. Um, Derek Rose really, really ran with it. Uh, we got, we got players, man. We got a whole, we got a deep squad. And if this is how we're going to attack the season, I'm very, very encouraged. Scored a hundred points in three quarters. So very impressed. Very encouraged. Yep. That outscoring. All right. My man, Wall Street hat. What's your thoughts, brother? Man, just to emphasize what Ed said, you know, we came out with a lot of energy. I thought um, I thought the one thing that I wanted to see was the starting lineup. And I'm surprised that Ed and coach haven't gotten at me. Maybe if just heck was here, he would have reminded me because we, we were having an adamant discussion about what the starting lineup was going to be. So we got a little bit of taste of the starting lineup of, of what that's going to look like. And, um, you know, if you go back and tape, you'll see that I was very wrong, you know. But, um, you know, I hope to see something different. But I, I, another thing that I was looking for is, I, you know, I, I like Obi. I want to see him develop. Um, I was talking about, you know, before just the way he moved and Ed touched up on it. He moved. Ed touched up on, on, on his work with the ball. But I thought that I saw a quicker Obi. I thought that he was running a little lower. He was staying back. I thought that he ran high in his first year. And I thought that he wasn't getting down. And when you don't get down, you're not able to move laterally. And I thought that that was his problem. So I saw him moving laterally a couple of times. And I, I, just, I don't know. I just I'm, 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 I'm looking for that. I'm looking to see, uh, you know, how quick Obi can look on the on the court. And I thought that he looked really quick. I thought, you know, that 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 he he definitely he definitely there's a change in his whole physic his whole physicality already. You know, you can see it in the way that he runs. So I, I really enjoy seeing that, you know. Yo, there was um one thing I didn't like though. Tibbs. I just I can't stand Coach Tibbs, yo. First preseason game Already? and Julius Randle plays 30 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Obi yeah. plays 14 minutes. The Pacers, as as Coach mentioned, they only played their starters the first half. The second half was all the guys that they were really evaluating. Did we do that? Were we evaluating? This guy wanted to win this game. And that's the problem with Coach Tibbs, yo. And, and you know, he gave my man Kevin Knox four minutes. And he looked pretty good in those four minutes. And then he gave the two rookies, like, you know, four or five minutes. You can't do anything in four or five minutes. So, you know, yes. I love the fact that they pushed the pace. They looked good. They were running up and down. I hate the fact that he still maintains the same stubborn, I'm going to play these guys 40 minutes. And the reason why I really hate that is because I don't believe a superstar wants to play for Coach Tibbs in this manner. It has to be, it has to be a particular superstar. Maybe like a, like a Utah Mitchell, like a hard-nosed superstar that's down with defense and stuff like that. But Kevin Durant is not going to want to play for the Knicks. I, I don't really see any superstars playing for the, this man that plays all his players' first preseason game as if it were the NBA Finals. So I came across – I wanted to say this when I first started. I came across very happy. But as the game continued, I was just getting more upset with Tibbs. 
I think Tibbs is just giving us more topics to talk about at this point. He, he, maybe the world <laughs> is flat to him like Kyrie. So I'm gonna give you all my, you know, my 30 seconds. I, I just want to say that, you know, I agree with, um, I think Wall Street Heck touched on it. Obi just looked confident. You know, I seen him put the ball on the ground and just make a spin move. And I was like, whoa. And um, I love the fact that Kemba, he wants to be here. You can see him in the post game talking about um, growing up, playing against Todd Gibson. And that pass where, you know, Gibb laid it up and, you know, he was really excited. They hugged each other. I feel like that's the kind of energy we need here, you know. So it's great to see that. It's great to see that newfound energy and the joy of being in the garden and playing with a guy like that that he came up with. So my second question, where's Mitch? All right. So um, will the injury of, of Mitchell Robinson affect the next season? I'm going to start with Wall Street Hat. What do you think? When we, we, we were talking about, talking about earlier how um, – one of the the signs that we're headed in the right direction is that we're kind of deep. It's almost like we literally have on paper the next man up mentality. You know, it's on paper. Now, are the guys going to step up? Let's see what happens, you know. But, but we're deep, man. I'm not worried about our depth at this point. And that's something that we couldn't say last year. But, you know, I'm not saying that, that this is the year, but, you know, um, to touch up on what Ed was saying, and this might be just out there. This is the, the stuff that gets me kicked out the barbershop. But you remember um, the, the Golden State Dynasty. It started in a certain direction with a certain TMC? coaching staff. Which one? Which um, one? TMC or, um, or Steph? Golden State Warriors early on, right, when they were first being built, right? Like Tim they Hardaway? Had- who was their coach at? They, 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 before oh, Kerr? Who was with Mark, Mark Jackson? Mark. Right. So sometimes you bring in a coach. Be you careful. Bring in a coach, Mark Jackson, New Yorker. Bring, and you start to bring, and you start to bring the, you start to, you start to bring the right culture with that coach. But to touch up, I just don't see how Tibbs is our coach in the next three to five years. I think three, three years is a lot, especially with his style. With the direction that we're going, I'm hoping and praying that there's a young, dynamic coach out there that's Rich, ready to pick up quickly. RJ, um, Obi, Mitch, when he gets back, Julius still got plenty of legs under him, and they start to really build a foundation. And you know, Tibbs, Tibbs could be our coach for now. You know, it's possible. I'm just, this is what gets me kicked out the barbershop. It's possible, but I'm hoping, you know what? The guys in the front office, they've proven nothing to us except for the fact that they're smart. And you know, you know, as Nick fans, you know that this can't continue. It can't continue like this, especially if we lay an egg in the playoffs again. Come on, man. There's somebody that got to be coming in the pipeline. Okay. My man, uh, Ed Dallas, what's your thoughts, man? What's your thoughts on Mitch? All right, I'm going to talk about Mitch after I mention Tibbs again, yo. So to, to, to Heck, Heck's point, I just, like, Coach Tibbs is the type of guy, I think he can only coach players that are veterans or have been around a, a while. I don't think Coach Tibbs can find a diamond in the rough. You know what I'm saying? And I go back to, like, Zach Levine. He traded, like, Zach Levine for Jimmy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like if, 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 if Tibbs coached, the Denver Nuggets, would uh, Jochik be the MVP? I don't even think he would play him like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't think Donovan Mitchell would have been Donovan Mitchell under Tibbs. 
Donovan Mitchell was the number 13th pick in the draft. I feel like Coach Tibbs needs like veteran players and his development style is so weird. Like he he treats this basketball team like it's football. In football, it's all about how many reps you get. Reps, 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 reps. He talks about minutes like reps. Like those four or five minutes that the rookies played, he's like, you got to utilize every ounce of your energy during those four or five minutes. There's no way a superstar ever would play under those conditions. We're lucky enough. And that said, I think that the Knicks will do well. We're going to win maybe 50 games this year primarily because he coaches that way. I don't think we could win a championship or go to like the Eastern conference finals under this manner, because, you know, it requires like severe talent. And I think that severe talent, unless one of our guys is talented, like JR, like RJ or Julius has another notch to him or Kemba becomes all-star Kemba. I don't think another guy's going to want to play under Tibbs period. I think he's definitely going to get fired in a couple of years. And what makes him not get fired is the fact that he's going to he's going to win with the Knicks because this group of people is a hardworking blue collar guys. Back back to Mitch. Uh, Yo, Mitch broke his leg. Didn't he break his foot like last year Mm -hmm. and he's still not playing? That injury is supposed to take two months to heal. Last time we saw him was like in April. Last April. I mean, what's going on with Mitch, man? He gained all this weight up top. it gave us an opportunity yesterday to see uh, the, 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 the new center. What's his name? Um, Jericho Sims. Jericho Sims. And, and, and you know what? That tells you about the value of the center position in the NBA. As a rim runner, you know, Jericho got eight points and, and like a, a bunch of rebounds. You know, can he produce more? Can he be better than that? Can he have 16 and 17 and, and like 10 rebounds? Probably. He looked a little stiff out there. I think that Mitch is way better than Jericho. I think that Mitch is uh, the block this monster is going to do fantastic. Well, I just want a little bit more transparency under his uh, his current injury. I mean, again, as I mentioned in previous podcasts, my man led the league in field goal percentage. That matters. Um, but he needs to develop. Number one, he's, he, he needs to develop his IQ. I feel like he's not the brightest guy. And I feel like, He's one of those guys that's going to start getting annoyed at Tibbs. He's that guy that's going to be like, you know what, Tibbs? Fuck you. I'm done with your ass. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he's he's he has that in him. And that's why he's like still kind of hurt. He's like, you know what? I'm taking my fucking time because I'm not fucking rushing back for Tibbs. Um, and you got Jericho Sims on, on, the, on, on the wings. You still got like Taj Gibson, who's 36 years old, pay, playing 30 minutes. Like, come on, man. Put the young guys in. All right. So, my man, Coach B, what's your thoughts? Oh, man. Um, First, uh, I guess, to piggyback off what Wall Street said with the uh, tips being not being the coach and finding the right guy. I've seen, you know, we've seen it before. Um, the Pistons went from Larry Brown to, um, to who? Um, what's this guy's name? I think it was Flip uh, Saunders. Yeah, they went from Larry on Flip Saunders helped them win the chip. So again, you know, Mark Jackson to Steve Kerr helped them win the chip. So I can see that happen with happening to the Knicks. That'd actually be a, a best case kind of scenario. But uh Mitch has to get healthy, man. He um not properly conditioned just yet, you know, hand injury and then foot injury. You know, he did put on weight, but you know, like mm-hmm. 
Ed said, you know, it doesn't seem like the best weight at the moment. So he's just like working on his conditioning. And when he does get back, he still has to battle with Nerlens Noel, you know, because Nerlens Noel, um, he had a rest day and like he's fine tuned as a starter, you know. So Taj Gibson's, you know, just that that buffer, you know, that veteran that's could always be available, you know, when guys get hurt, when guys go down. But um, Taj Gibson is going to be more like a player coach, you know, help the young guys be great veterans, you know, or like develop good habits as pros early. And um, yeah, once Miss gets healthy, healthy, you know, he's going to anchor the defense and hopefully he can be the guy that uh, kind of like Tyson Chandler was his um, defensive player of the year season. So if Mitchell Robinson gives us anything like that, once he gets back on the floor, it'd be perfect. But, you know, missing the preseason is a big deal because he's been out for a while. But, like, once the games start rolling, you know, he'll he'll be able to ease into his position and hopefully establish himself as a top 10 center, maybe a top eight center in the league. You know, that's the that's the plan. Just got to get him healthy. Okay. So to sum that all up, Coach Tibbs' days might be numbered. And Mitch, I guess it's next man up. <laughs> next man up. So yes. moving on, fellas. So next question. Whose role off the bench is going to be most pivotal this season? Whose role off the bench this season will be the most vital or pivotal? I'm going to start with Ed Dallas. Um, good question. I'm hoping that the, the guy that has the best impact, the most, you know, ideally – me personally, ideally, Kevin Knox. I would love for Kevin Knox to have like a breakout situation where, you know, I saw him for the last, the, those four minutes in the game and he shot an air ball because it was coming at the end of the shot clock. With one second left on the shot clock, he just zoomed it up. And then he kind of like thought about what Tibbs wanted. He went to the rack, you know, he went to the rack twice. He got a dunk off of a beautiful uh, back, back door. And he got a nice little righty layup uh, coming from the left-hand side. And then, you know, he could hit the three. So, ideally, I would love Kevin Knox. But he's in Tibbs' doghouse. So, <laughs> he probably won't play. And just like Frank didn't play, he'll get either traded or waived or whatever. And I'm hoping that Frank Nilakatina like, is, is fantastic for the Mavericks. And I'm hoping that when... When Kevin Knox eventually goes to Oklahoma, he has a breakout season so that we can open our eyes and know that Tibbs is not the right coach. But the guy that has to have a breakout season for us to be successful this year, I think is going to be uh, Obi. You know, Julius can't be playing 37 minutes a game. You know, Julius plays a certain uh, uh, certain slow style that may not be conducive. It's conducive with the starting lineup, but it's not conducive with the 10-man lineup. You know, Obi comes in here. He's a perfect uh, change of pace player. He showed some flashes yesterday. And aside from his jump shot, which is still a work in progress, he can still attack the basket with like with with ferocity. He could be the Amari Stoudemire that we need. And imagine if 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 Obi can step up his game to that level off the bench. I mean, that means that we could peel back Julius's minutes to like 32, 31 minutes. Give Obi like 20 minutes at the four and like, let's, let's run, you know, him coupled with quickly throwing lobs to him. He could probably score like, you know, he could be a six man of the year type of candidate with his potential provided that they can, they increase that pace, that pace, you know, this guy was a college player of the year 
because he played like that. He played up and down fast. They were throwing lobs everywhere. He didn't shoot threes. They didn't park him in the corner. He was attacking the rim. I saw that yesterday. I saw him attacking the rim. I loved every second of it. He only played 14 minutes, which is ridiculous in a preseason game. But in the 14 minutes, he was probably the best Nick for the entire night based on his minutes. He scored 10 points for 14 minutes going to the rack. You know, the first bucket he had was a a coast-to-coast, you know, layup. So he brings that energy. You know what I'm saying? He's like, remember when John Starks used to come into the game and the crowd was like, and John Starks would hit a three and the crowd would be like, ah! That's what that's what Obi is. Obi's the energizer bunny, and he can just change the course of a game. And I'm hoping that's the case. I agree. I love it, man. I, I definitely agree. Um, Coach B, thank you. Oh, I wanted this one. Uh, <laughs> how do I unpack this? First. OB, uh, I don't think he had the best game. Julius Randle was still kind of efficient. And Evan Fournier came out hot. So his first, like, his first half, Fournier's first half was probably, like, the highlight of the game for me. But um, as far as, like, coming off the bench and, you know, like, the role-playing guys, uh, I like how Alec Burks played, you know, when he first got in. He's a solid, just like a big guard, so we can run, like, big guard lineups. And this is going to be tough, but I'm going to go with the bigs, man. Like, depending on how Nerlens Noel plays or how um, Obi plays, like, both uh, whoever backs up the big man is going to need rest. I mean, you know, the big guy's going to need rest. So whoever backs him up has to be just as strong as, you know, if Mitchell Robinson stays healthy, then Nerlens Noel plugs in perfectly as, you know, the next in line to anchor the defense. And like, we could run the rest of the way from there. Like the guards are going to be fine. You know, um, unfortunately, imagine quickly, it's going to, it's going to be a learning year. Um, Obi is still a learning year. You know, he's playing behind Julius Randle. We already know Tibbs is going to give Julius Randle 38, you know, to 40 minutes. So there's definitely not enough room for anybody to shine. So Alec Burks is like, the big, the next wing, and like it, it makes sense for him to get the minutes. Derrick Rose is going to be solid, but we don't expect him to do any more than he did last year, and we actually expect him to do a lot less because Kimba is here now. So it's between Alec Burks or Nerlens Noel, but Nerlens Noel is technically a starter until Mitch Robinson makes the full time jump. So yeah, just depending on how Mitch Robinson plays, Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel are going to be like crucial <clears throat> to maintaining the. The starting kind of energy from the bench. Those are going to be the first two guys, in my opinion. Okay. Coach B rolling his dices. <laughs> All right. So, Wall Street Hack, what's your thoughts, man? I thought, I, I don't know. You know, these guys are my boys, but I don't know what the heck y'all talking about right now. Are you guys, <laughs> what are you guys watching? I thought we were going to be on the same page on this. I'm sorry. But, um, you know, for me, the writing is not on the wall yet. But Emmanuel quickly is cut like a six-man-of-the-year contender for the, for the longevity of his career kind of guy. I mean, listen, the skill set that he brings is there, all right? Uh, R.J. Barrett said it. He said, make no mistake, Quick is the best shooter on this team, right? Mm-hmm. Not saying a lot, but, you know, but <laughs> when you play for the Knicks. But, you know, he was very adamant about it. Now, 
this guy showed us crazy amounts of 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 I'm just gonna go back to that word energy because that's what it is. Some guys, especially in the basketball world, they too cool for school. Emmanuel, he just wants it. You know what? And I think I think that he plays around still too much. I think that he needs to sit down and read the mama mentality and stop smiling at dudes and stop walking up to Lou Williams like, yo, you my idol. Get out of here with that. Go get him. Don't play with him. Now, if he continues to grow like that, then look at the skill set. You know, he can get anywhere on the court that he wants. He has, he's going to have to grow as a defender. And I want to combo it up. Last time I was talking about, um, about, uh, about Rose and saying that, like, you know, I think he's on the back end of his career. What can he really provide to the Knicks except for taking away minutes from young guys? That's if he's used in the way that Tibbs is going to use him. But if you utilize him correctly, then he could really help propel Emmanuel quickly to the next level. And what's the next level for you, Emmanuel, quickly? Your name should be in the hat for six man of the year every night. You want to talk about hitting a three-pointer from, from 35 feet away and having the garden go crazy? Mm-hmm. You think that Obi's going to do that? Obi's going to lift off and fly on somebody. Kevin Knox is done. Kevin Knox is done. They should have packaged him with Frank. I don't know what you're talking about, Kevin. I, I don't know why. He's in everybody's doghouse. The man doesn't defend. And, and he, I mean, he doesn't defend. He can't play for the he can't play in the garden right now. Especially now, maybe before he would have had a chance, but Obi's running better. He'll be out the door. Alec Burke looked Knocks great. Out like four off points the bench. In four minutes. Don't he look yo, didn't he look great coming off the bench? It's just something about just having Alec Burke coming off the bench. And and so we're gonna have some veteran leadership on our bench, you know? And if we could start the bench runoff with a gunner like Emmanuel quickly, night in, night out, let me tell you something. This might be going out on the ledge too. These are best case scenarios. But don't be surprised if Emmanuel quickly has the ball in his hand late in the fourth quarter when you're down by one, up by one, close games. And if he starts to hit those shots, then then like my mom says, I be mio, we got one. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna give y'all my 25 second take. I'm I'm agree with Walsh Heck on this one. I think it's Emmanuel quickly. Yes. Because I feel like he showed he showed us spurts where he had Kawhi and some of the great players really praising this dude. You know, I think he changes the pace of the game. I think that, you know, there was a lot of games last year where they were down like 14. He comes in the game and within like six minutes, they're up like 12, you know? And I think it's a matter of confidence. It's just a matter of confidence with this guy and just going at them this year and feeling like, you know, he's confident enough to close. All right? But well, we're going to step- I got a rebuttal. Huh? I got a rebuttal. Uh-oh. Let's go. So here's the thing, right? Same thing. I feel like I've been, I mentioned it a few times. There's too many guys that are going to shoot the ball for Emmanuel quickly to, like, have the freedom. He has the confidence. And, you know, when the ball's in his hands, he knows, you know, that everyone is going to, like, give him a little room to work with. But when it comes down to it, it's, just, it's, not, it's not enough time for him to go off. Fournier, as we can see, wants to be aggressive. RJ wants to be aggressive. This Randall wants to be aggressive. Obi wants to be aggressive. Like they're gonna get easy shots. Um, Jericho Sims catching lobs. You know, Mitch Roberts is gonna be catching lobs. Like those are gonna be shots that are gonna be taken away. And then we already know when Kimba has the ball in his hands, you know, he's he's gonna be aggressive. So like, 
maybe not this year as far as like being that lead scorer. Like, you know, he's just going to make timely shots when it matters. And, like, I, I, like, I appreciate his confidence. But, like, a year from now, I can see him even, you know, being that sixth man that you both are speaking of. But I think for right now, whoever comes off the bench has to keep the same energy that the starters are going to bring. So, already four scoring options in the starting lineup. We don't, you know, just be be the the glue, you know, to, to those guys when, when you're coming off the bench. So, I think that important piece, you know, comes from somebody else, preferably whoever is the first big man off the bench. Okay, go, going back to Ed Dallas real quick. I think it's all on Coach Tibbs because he's the guy that he'll, he'll play you uh, 39 minutes one night. <laughs> he'll sit your ass down the rest of the night another night. So it, it's a lot on, on Coach Tibbs. So moving on, fellas, stepping away from the Knicks for two seconds. All right, which team made the best move and the worst move? All right, which team made the best move in the league, in your opinion, and which team made the worst move? On this one, I'm going to start with – I'm going to start with Coach B. Mm, I really like Chicago. I think that um they're gonna be real exciting. Definitely that group with like just adding Lonzo, you know, makes things a lot easier for everyone else. And then DeMar DeRozan's veteran leadership, even if he's um not making as many shots as you know a spot up shoot or like another shooter, another scorer should, like he's definitely gonna um make things easier for Zach Levine. And then yeah, with those young guys, Patrick Williams, uh Stagavuicic and um What's this guy, Kobe White? Like, Kobe White is going to kind of be hurt by, you know, having Caruso and, and Lonzo Ball there. But, like, definitely I'm excited to watch uh, Chicago play as one of the, you know, mid-level teams that have a chance to shoot up. Okay. They definitely got a young, exciting core. I agree. I, I like that pick. All right. So, Wall Street Hack, what you think? Who's your who's your best? Who's your worst? Oh, man. If, if, if Russell Westbrook is not – contending for the MVP this year. I don't know, man. I think that Russell Westbrook might have the best, especially regular season. I think Russell Westbrook might have the best regular season of his career close to it as far as, you know, just IQ. And, and I don't know, man. I, I'm scared to see Russell Westbrook running court with Anthony Davis, LeBron, and company. I mean, they got the 2012 All-Star team. Again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm excited. I'm excited that for might Chicago be problem, too. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm excited for <laughs> Chicago too. I don't know, man. I don't know because if you're the Lakers, if you're the Lakers, you know you got an MVP in this guy. You got one of the most explosive basketball players to ever walk the earth, and he knows what time it is. He had a long career, and it was, it was. I mean, you got to call the career great. Listen, he was the MVP of the league at, at one time. So I don't want to hear nothing about what's Russell Westbrook. I, I, the, the, everybody said at one point he was the best player in the league, you know, and 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 the numbers were spectacular. It wasn't it wasn't a, a and that was on the year that he lost everybody. He just came on a tear. He he basically had skeletons left, and he went and he caught, he got himself. What he what he do to get it like average a triple double? Now you take a guy that 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 got energy like that. And you run them with these dogs, and you give them the you give them the the, the keys to the Mustang, and 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 they and they're just trying to keep up. He's gonna find them. He's gonna attack the rim night in, night out. He's gonna he's gonna attack the rim. Anybody standing in his way is gonna get destroyed. 
he's not the best shooter, but he's going to have, you know, a couple of horses next to him. He's going to be able to take a break. He's going to be able to take breaks throughout the game like never in his career. Because even when he was running with KD, KD was at a different point in his career with the Thunder. You know, KD, he didn't get to his shot off the dribble like he does today. He didn't get to his shot. He got to his shot get into the basket and, and in a lot of catch and shoot situations. KD has developed a long way. They were young guys when they played in the Thunder. They were young. So I don't know when I see Russ, I'm sorry for taking long, but when I see Russ to the Lakers and I'm like, this might be his last year. And if he knows that and everybody around him knows that there's still a little bit left in the tank, it could be a big problem, especially regular season. Okay. Shout out to Russ. Shout out to Russ. All right, Ed Dallas, what's your thoughts? Who who made the best move and who made the worst move this season or this offseason? All right, the best move, I think, was Kyle getting Miami Heat getting Kyle Lowry. Ooh. They need a, uh, they need a, a good ball handler that can control the pace. You know, Chris Paul told us that age is 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 very you have to analyze age very differently nowadays. You know, as long as you could keep your body going. A point guard that doesn't have to rely on his athleticism can go a long way. Kyle Lowry is a leader. He has he can make buckets. He has a good three-point percentage. And he's a, a great connector. He did well for Toronto. You know, we're going to see this year that Toronto is not going to be a playoff team. They're probably going to blow it up. Pascal Siakam is going to get traded. But if Kyle Lowry was on Toronto, maybe they could make the playoff. Right now... You know, they got rid of Gor- uh, Miami, got rid of Goron, and they got Kyle Lowry. So you have Kyle Lowry, Butler, you have the, the shooting guard, and you got to, and, and you got Bam. You got to have a lot of pieces. And the Knicks, in particular, Lee, will be competing with Miami for that four fifth spot. And Miami's going to be, you know, you know, some people predict them to be a top three team. I'm not sure. I, I got to actually see them, and I got to see how Lowry. Uh, impacts that that team, but I know that he's going to impact their winning, and I think they're going to be much, much better for it. Um, another great addition to another team, Lonzo Ball, to, to the uh, to the Bulls. Lonzo Ball, I mean, this guy's a revolutionary talent. He got thrown into tough situations when he went to the Lakers. LeBron James is on the Lakers. They had higher than. They had high expectations. They had MB, they had the highest expectations, and they needed they needed a point guard that can just kind of like not bring up the ball, but someone that can make threes. His shooting stroke was terrible that first year. I mean, he his free throw percentage was below fifty percent. He shot below thirty percent from three or 31 percent from three, and and he changed his entire his mechanics. And now he went from like a 31 percent shooter to a thirty eight thirty nine percent shooter last year where he his attempts are up like seven eight attempts per game the majority of his attempts are three uh, threes um that's gonna open up the offense for the bulls and it's gonna make zach levine you know they're gonna have to respect the guard rotation because you know cody on the bulls isn't you know he's not a good shooter he he may not even be a good league guard he's definitely a good guy off the bench um, so Zach, Zach Levine should thrive with having Lonzo ball on, on that rotation yeah. and his passing will open things up for, for Zach Levine, um, which leads to the opposite of your question, at least to the other end of your question, who made the worst moves? You know, I think this is a tie and I'm gonna stay with the bulls for a second, getting the Rosen 
<laughs> might have been a bad move on the Bulls' behalf. And sometimes, sometimes moves are not could be good on paper, but bad for other purposes. So DeRozan plays the exact same position as Zach Levine. They're about the same height. DeRozan got a $60 million contract. What are you telling Zach Levine? Who's, who, who could be an uh, uh, all-NBA guard? You're, basically, what you're telling Zach Levine is we don't need you. You know what I'm saying? And because of that and that alone, I think that was a terrible move. Because when Zach does go maybe to the Knicks, he is going to be uh, a lead guard, a, t- a, a top 15 player in the league. I mean, the guy's amazing. He could j- jump out the gym. He could shoot. He shoots above 38% from three. I mean, there's really nothing he can do on the basketball court, and he could defend. So, you know, there's a lot of haters on Zach Levine. I don't understand it. Um, DeRozan is a great player. He's always been a good player, but he doesn't shoot threes. He's a mid-range uh, master, and he's just inefficient from there. He's he's a, the guard version of Carmelo Anthony. You know what I'm saying? Um, which is not a good thing as a guard. Oh. That's a disservice to Melo. <laughs> the, the other, the, the other uh, candidate would be um, the Pelicans for losing Lonzo Ball. You know what I'm saying? You had Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Zion. Your job is to keep Zion happy. What do you do? You ship off the guy that gets you the most assists. The guy that most of your buckets come from his passes, you ship him off. That makes your job easier because he's not really demanding the ball. He lets you bring up the ball and and he shoots threes to to open the space and lets you operate inside. And you replace that with the guy from from, uh, Charlotte, the the little guy. What's his name? Um, Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham, who's an inefficient scorer. You know what I'm saying? He shoots 34% from three. And his field goal percentage is 34%. That's terrible. He can't, he's a short player. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to be starting. I'm not sure if he's going to be coming. He'll probably come off the bench. But Devontae Graham is not a a great substitute for Lonzo Ball. And I think that was a a major mistake. And one that we won't know until two years from now when when Zion leaves, um, claiming that, you know, you can't win in, in, in New Orleans. But if you put the right pieces, if you put Lonzo Ball with Brand, if you developed your core, maybe you could have won. So I think they make they made a, both the Bulls and the Pelicans made a mistake, one for the same reasons and one for other reasons. I think the Bulls, um, because they have Zach Levine, can offset their mistake with the Rosen. But I, I'm worried about the Pelicans. Okay, I'll tell you one thing: that building behind you, Ed. I think that they would welcome Zach Levine. Because <laughs> I damn sure was. So my quick thoughts. Um, I'm gonna keep it in the Staples Center. I think the Lakers won. Uh, I think they had the best move because oh. simply because you're taking pressure off LeBron. Yep, you're taking pressure off LeBron. You're taking pressure off AD. Yeah, and you're telling Russell to go get him. And then when Russell's cold, you can go to LeBron. You can go to AD. When they cold, you got shooters surrounding them. You got Rondo back who can uh who can dictate the pace. I, I like DeAndre move. You know, he's going to get you some rebounds, some block shots. He's going to get you some lobs off Russ, uh, Braun. I just think they complement each other. And Melo, I can't forget Melo. Now, the Clippers, I, I'm disappointed in the fact that they just didn't get better. I didn't think they got better. Um, I, I can go a lot. I can go in depth with that one, but I'm going to leave it at that. So, 
But fellas, listen, that's it. That's it. That's it for our segment. I'm filling in for my boy at Jess Heck. I want y'all to give a shout out to Jess Heck. Go to his page, drop him some hearts, show him some love. Feel better, man. Tell him you want him to feel better. I have been your guest host, Clearview Daniel, aka Daniel Badu. Want to give another shout out to my guy at Dallas. What up, man? Coach B and Wall Street Heck. Great job. Great job, bro. It's been another take of STK Surviving the Knicks. Until next time, y'all. Have a great night. Bye, boys. Later. Good work. Y'all. Have a good night, y'all. Sleep. <laughs>